Bible says you, you treat a man as a righteous, well, the righteous man come and you treat him as a righteous man. You get a righteous man's blessing. Amen. Amen. So I want you to introduce yourself, sir. My name is Ronnie Hale. I'm the family pastor at Friendship Church in St. Joe, Texas. Jack and Nora helped us plant the church there, and uh, we're very faithful, and we miss them very much. Well, remember, I'm going to make that list for you later, so me and you need to get together. Hey, I, I just want you to know I'm going to take this, what y'all are giving me tonight, back to my church. I, right now, my wife is with about 50 teenagers, where I'm supposed to be, but I had to come here on business for a company, and so uh, as I was singing tonight, I was just asking God, would you just send this to St. Joe so that tonight, my teenagers tonight, they're learning about spiritual gifts, and some of them are builders, and, and some of them are truth tellers, and, and so uh, we're raising up the next generation, and I can see, I can see by, uh, by your church that you, uh, God is blessing y'all very much. Keep up what you're doing, and uh, me and my youth group, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm going to tell them about what I experience here. We're going we're to be praying for y'all, and uh, we love y'all very much. And we even love Jack and Nora. You got your work cut out for you. I know. How many years is that? <laughs> We're going to pray for you before we close out today. How about that? I love family. Amen. Well, how's everybody doing tonight? All right. It's a new year. First time we're teaching in the new year. Second time. I don't remember. I'm getting old. First time? No. My wife says second time. Okay. We're going to start, kick off a series that might last two years. Because I won't say the same thing until you get it, that you are victorious. Okay? It's called A Life of Victory. And if you didn't know anything about Wednesday nights, you got to bring your Bible. How many got your Bibles? Lift them up. Because if you don't, I'm going to condemn you. <laughs> Just kidding. Anyway, we want to talk about the life of victory because I, I believe it's a missing element uh, in the Christian world, especially as believers, because we forget how victorious we truly are. And we forget that we're already victorious because I think we get caught up in the trying to gain victory every day. And it's just a couple of realities there. But I'm going to spend some time, I'm going to intro tonight what the, um, what the uh, life of victory looks like. And then we're going to talk about some things. We're going to spend the next couple of weeks, give you some recent weeks. Um, I'm, you know, I'm retired military and I'm a military, um, what do you call it, fanatic. And uh, I love the world of intelligence, that you get to check things out. And we'll spend some time investigating our favorite adversary, the devil. Because he spends a lot of time investigating you. So whenever you want to fight, you got to recognize who you're fighting and how to fight. So you'll know you're already victorious because you got to recognize when we get done with this series, whenever he comes and bothers you, just take him to Revelation 2010. And some, he has to explain why he's going down and we're going up. But he's never given me a, a clarified answer on that. But we're going to talk about those things. The theme scripture of uh, the life of victory is 1 John 5, um, verse 4. It says, for some who have been, has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Is that what it says? Some? What does it say? Everyone. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our 
faith. Our faith. Now, a victorious faith always precedes a victorious life. A victorious faith always precedes a victorious life because it manifests into a victorious life. And the just shall live by what? Okay, then. So victorious faith always precedes a victorious life. And in this series, we're going to build your faith because we're going to get in the Bible, the, the word of God. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing by what? Word of God. And I'm going to let you see where we are always victorious. Amen? So that's our theme scripture. And whenever you start something new, you got to start from the beginning. Now, this is toward the end of the book. But we're going to start in the beginning of the Bible and talk about warfare. Okay? Because when you see the word victory, that means there must be some war going on. And we're against somebody. And I want you to write this down. The warfare that you're experiencing right now is not personal. Has nothing to do with your intelligence. Has nothing to do with your mindset. Has everything that I'll show you exactly who it's against. But we just happen to be in the middle. Because here's the thing. Whatever God created is what? Very good. Devils not want anything very good to succeed. So you just happen to be in the middle of a war. But don't take it personal. But really feel honored that you're valuable. Making sense? So let's go. Now, we remember in the garden, in the very beginning, the garden of, I mean, garden of Eden, and Adam and Eve were in the garden. God created everything and then put them in the garden. And they were having a great time. I didn't have to think. That's a great life for a guy. You don't have to think about nothing. Just hear instructions. And we still don't get it, do we? We just don't get it, do we? We don't get it. We still don't hear instructions. Anyway, God said, take, multiply, fulfill the earth. Have dominion over the work of your hands. I put you to do that. And then Adam got the word. Eve came. Then this little... The devil came and deceived them. And you know the story. The 21st century version is God came down. They ate. They ran off. They were hiding. God came down. Said, Adam, where are you? And um, <laughs> Adam, lived, you know, any typical male, <laughs> God, let me tell you what happened. She ate it. It's your fault that you even put her here. We wouldn't be in trouble if she wouldn't eat the apple. So deal with her. And he took off. He tried to take off. Right? And then Eve said, thanks a lot. I'm going to deal with you later. (laughs) But this serpent, he did it. (laughs) And which way does he go? And they put themselves in a bind. They fell out of fellowship with God. Because he said, if you truly eat, fell out of fellowship with the Lord, God Almighty. Well, they didn't repent. God had to take them out the garden. But before he did that, in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, is what we call the very first preaching 
of the gospel. Because God set in motion, if I remember my theology class, it's called the crimson thread of redemption. That we messed it up, but I have to fix it. And the only way I can fix it is with Jesus Christ, my son. And it's hidden in Genesis, because I love it. It's the uh, gospel reveal is concealed in, in the Old Testament and is revealed in the, New Te- in the New Testament. It says here, I will put empty intimate ah, enmity thank you between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel and this is what they're talking about he here we're talking about is christ and when he's talking about crushing the serpent's head if you know about snakes all their venom is in their head when he crushes it he's going to wind up destroying that which is bugging him which I call just crushing the enemy. But this was God's plan to redeem each and every one of us. But that word enmity, got it right, didn't I? Enmity. Yeah, I'm a New Yorker. Means this. The extreme ill will, deep-seated hatred that exists between enemies. That means I declare war. I declare war between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of evil. It was set in motion and it had all to do with God's creation and we're in the middle of it. And if you read through the whole Old Testament how God's plan of salvation and redemption was being played out. And then you get into the New Testament, and Jesus comes on the scene with one mission, with only one mission. First John 3.8. Let's go there. One mission. The devil started it. He's trying to create something. We lost authority. It's time for us, for me to take it back. Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil, for the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. You remember in the scene, I can imagine the garden, they said, we got him now. He's about to get killed. He's in the grave. I can hear all the dominions. We're going to celebrate. We got him now. And then that third day hit, and they're like, uh-oh. And he took the keys of ownership back, which we call redemption for us, salvation. But it doesn't stop there. That's just the beginning. See, Jesus won a victory on Calvary. But he calls us to finish his work. Think about it. He calls us to finish his work. Jesus' purpose is in mention. The second purpose is Luke 19, 10. For the Son of Man came to seek and save 
the loss. Now, when we talk about warfare, you're going to hear it in such a way you never heard it before. A lot of times when we talk about warfare in the church, it's about taking protection factors, matters in our own hands, and hungering down because the devil is going to go after us. And you'll see in the context I'm going to read, the authority and the warfare is for us during the time and the context of evangelism. Why? Because we're snatching people out of the kingdom of darkness and bringing them into the kingdom of light. And that is warfare. But I don't want you to worry because Jesus said this, that I'm going to build my church upon this rock. I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. Now, I've, I've been alive for almost 50-something years. I never read in the newspaper where gates attacked anybody. I just haven't seen it anywhere. But it represents beyond that gates everything that's dead that we go into darkness, it's going to be a fight. Not the, uh, now this, and we're going to talk about deliverance and all those other things, but it's in the context of evangelism. The why. Jesus' purpose should be our purpose to finish his work. He called us to go make disciples. And that's going to be a war because people don't want to give up their lives. It takes prayer, evangelism, and the word of God. But the greatest thing is we're equipped with the power of the Holy Spirit. Who can stop us now? So when we talk about a life of victory, I want you to really capture the why. Because when you lose the why, you lose your motivation. You get into the what. The what is come to church. The what is go to a life group. The what is do this and do that. But if you know the why, that should energize you why you're doing it. And I want you to never, when we talk about the life of victory, don't lose the why. Because that's our mission. To seek and save those who are lost in the worst places. In fact, we work with a bunch of them. They clean up nice, but they're in the kingdom of darkness. But here's the thing. I wish I can tell you that you didn't sign up for it, but you were drafted. The men just say, Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. So put your uniform on <laughs> and put your helmet on and let's go to war. Everyone used to say, I'm excited about going to war. Anyway. In Luke 9, one, verses 1 through 2, 1 and 2. Jesus is calling the 12 together. And this is what he said. He called the 12 together and gave them power and authority over the demons and to cure diseases. He sent them to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal. You guys see the why in that? He gave us authority to do those things in the context of evangelism, in the context of sharing our faith, in the context of getting people from one place to another. What a mission. Isn't that amazing? I think about the Navy SEALs. Those are some bad cats. They go in undercover. You see you guys watch the movies. And they snatch people. 
They take care of the mission. No one knows they were there, but they know everything's been changed. That's amazing. No one knows they were there except the boss, but things change after they leave. It's amazing, mission. No one, sometimes no one knows that we're there, but we know change has come. And that's the greatest thing about it. He's given us authority. I want you to recognize you have authority to do these things. And some of us said in America, we don't see that anymore here. The reason why? We lost the why. When we gain the why and we're doing the purpose of Christ and the mission of Christ and, the, and, the, uh, and by the Holy Spirit, these things just start to show up because God's got to show up before he shows out. And the greatest thing is you said, that was cool. You ever lay hands on anybody and they, and they got healed? And you're like, that was cool. Because I didn't even have the faith for that. But you had the faith to lay hands on them. Because who authority were you going under? Not mine. I'm a weenie. Not mine. Think about it. So when you talk about victory, we already have the victory because Jesus won it at Calvary. And now we have a daily victory because our foundation is Christ. And he calls us to take that which is in darkness. Someone says, I want to rid evil in, in the world. Or I want to get rid of evil in my neighborhood. I said, really? Yeah. How do I get evil out of my neighborhood? One person at a time. One gets born again, evil just took a hit. Another person gets born again, evil just took another hit. If a whole city accepts Christ, that town, that city has changed. You take out evil one person, one family at a time. I'm excited about the college students, that they get to go on campus with the God test. And I don't think you, you know, don't think of it as something to do. Think about snatch, someone being snatched out of, out of death into life. The Bible says that. From the kingdom of death into the kingdom of life. Wow. What a privilege. What an opportunity. And everyone says, the world's getting worse. Well, now you don't have to worry about who's who anymore, do you? You know who's not on, who's not on target. What an opportunity. But we're the victorious ones. Make sense? Because we're empowered to enforce the victory, the victory that Jesus won. We are empowered. How many say Jesus Christ is Lord? How many of you know got the Holy Spirit running through you? How many know you got the Holy Spirit running through you? So you're empowered. <laughs> now, if you don't, come see me after service, and we'll, we'll take care of that real quick. Doesn't take much. Amen? Now, I'm reading, um, if you want a good book to read when we go through this, it's called, uh, by uh, General's Sun Tzu's, it's called The Art of War. It was written around 500 B.C. It talks about all the different things of warfare, communication, uh, strategy, logistics, all those things. And really, he took a lot of principles out of the Bible because the Bible is full of principles. And we're going to talk about, I'm going to do some quotes from that book because it's an amazing book. But it also talks about our warfare here on earth. See? Um, and how we're victorious. And one of the things I want to I transition into 
is what I call the foundation of victory. Foundation of our victory, our solid ground. Okay. And what I want, the first thing I wrote is one of our foundations of victory is an intimate and personal knowledge of God. I call that our defensive position. See, our faith is only as strong as the object that we put it in. And since God's an unmovable object, we have a very strong faith. Our faith is unmovable. When we put our faith in the economy, it's shaky. So you're going to have a shaky result. But when I put our faith in God, who's un- the kingdom is unshakable, it doesn't shake. I have a strong faith because he's strong. Daniel 11.32 says this. He shall seduce with flattery those who violate the covenant, but the people... The people who know their God shall stand firm and take action. There's something that you know when you're walking and you know God. That the God that doesn't let you down. The God that does all things well. You're walking with him. Something changes in your life. Every day is different. Because the more you get to know God and the more intimate, the more he becomes the center of your life, the firmer you become the stronger you become and when someone says take action you cannot wait to run out the door you cannot wait we used to do that in the military when we knew we had the baddest airplane on the planet we were waiting in fact after desert storm desert shield booker will tell you after six months of those cats sitting in the desert they could not wait to get out the door and hurt somebody Because they knew we had everything we needed to get the job done. See, we was they were standing firm in training, standing firm. All they would just give it, just give us, just give us the call. And then when they made the call, the call off. The guy said, "Wait a minute, we're just getting started." Why? Because they understood they're on firm ground, and they understood they had all the firepower in the world to do the job that they called they were called to do. Guys, you got to recognize you got every firepower in the world to do the job that God has called us all to do. Don't ever feel intimidated. When Jesus came on the scene, he he brought intimidation to the people. He wasn't intimidated by his environment. You couldn't be. Look at his audience. One wanted to be completely healed. The other one wasn't sure. This was the tattletale. Don't don't take it personal, okay? And you wanted to kill me. So how do you like me now for an audience? You could, he, could not, he couldn't afford to be intimidated because they were plotting on killing him. And I can't wait to tell on you, and I don't think you're real, but please heal me. He changed the environment. When you're working and when you're on campus, whatever you're doing, you change the environment because the Holy Spirit's in you, regardless if you feel it or not. It's the truth. So you have a victory thing on you even though you don't feel it. Even though you don't sense it, but Jesus says you do. So are you going to believe meology or are you going to believe theology? See? But the why makes it exciting when we talk about freedom and bringing people from one place to another. That's exciting. Those who used to out there all destroying their families, destroying everything in front of them. 
They come in here and the Holy Spirit gets a hold of them. They give their life to Christ. The families turn around, transform. They give up the old habits. They're like walking around. They're running around. Oh, this is guys, Pastor so-and-so who came off the streets. Who, bought, who did all that? Jesus. Transformation from Jesus. Wow. And we all have a part in that. And there's always going to be some warfare in that. But you got to be like this. Bring it on. Because my defensive posture is I'm firm because I'm still on the rock of Christ. See, when you know your footing, you're sure of yourself. See, when I used to box, I used to box like this. But all someone to do is push me over. But I learned to box. I put one leg behind me. So when I get hit, I keep on going. Well, this leg becomes strength. Well, what's done on two legs of God? Strength. You're already strong. You're already too strong. And I want you to believe that. Now, one thing about truth and where you are. You're strong. Holy Spirit's inside of you. Just because you're in a, a, a down season, that doesn't dictate who you are and what your life is supposed to look like. When you stand firm, things are going to change. That is, you can't change that. It's going to change. Life changes all the time. But the God we serve, the kingdom of God, never changes. It's always firm. It's raining. It's cloud. Whatever it is, God is not intimidated by that, and he doesn't fold up and go home. So when we stand on that rock, we have strength. But you got to know who our God is. You know, we spend a lot of time trying to convince people about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit and the things that happen during the Spirit. And the real reason, the real problem is, has nothing to do with our presentation skills. It's our idea of who God is. If you don't know God well, you would think that he's not legit in those things. See, Adam and Eve, when they were in perfect union with God, he was a giver. The devil comes in and tricked him, and all of a sudden, God, did he really say this? Did he really say that? Did he say that's really going to work? Then all of a sudden, in their eyes, God became the taker. He's leaving. Oh, he, we don't know. I want to know about um, good and evil. How, how come he would hold that back from us? Why would he do that? Let's try. We want to know. I wish they didn't because we wouldn't be in the problem we're in now. Think about it. If we think God's holding or just partial love for us, partial in power, things fade away, he'll be suspect in our hearts because we won't go all the way with him relationally because we're afraid that he might take something back. So it's a mistrust in who God truly is. 
That's why I call them the center of our lives. When we put Jesus in the center of our lives and we are intimate, we have knowledge and that unshakable relationship with him, whatever someone says or someone that says out of the Bible is true, it starts to resonate. If God says it's true, I might not understand it, but I tell you what, I'm going to get and apply it. See, sometimes you don't know what you're reading. You have to ask God. God, I don't understand all these words and chronicles. But what does this mean? What does this mean, God? Show me. Give me revelation. And he gives it to you. See? He can be trusted to protect you, to take care of you, to empower you, to do the things that he's truly called you to do because his goal is to make sure that you live out to the fullest extent of what he created you to be. Nothing worse when you build something and it never hits the full potential of why it was created. They're learning that now, the new F-22. It's a fast plane. It does some things that no one's used to. <laughs> it's a maxed out kind of thing. But God called us to max out our lives and to others' lives. Jesus maxed out his life to seek and save those who are lost. Think about us. To seek and save those on our campus, in our workplace. The why drives us to the max. The what will take you just so far but the why drives us to the very max because you recognize I am not here on this planet for me. I'm here for other people. What breaks my heart is what breaks God's heart, other people. And that drives me into the warfare because the devil don't want to give them up. But he has to because I'm victorious and Jesus is victorious. Make sense? Use any means, I love this line, any means necessary to make Christ famous in your neighborhood, in your workplace. Because it's awesome. Give you a couple of things here. There's some military terms in the Bible that I really like. You ready? Get your Bibles out. Here we go. This one I love because God is a warrior. God is a warrior. So you got to recognize the God you serve, we think about Jesus petting the sheep, he is a warrior. Okay? Exodus 15, 3. This is the song they had. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his what? Name. He's talking about coming off, singing that song after he opened the Red Sea and the children of Israel walked through it on dry ground. And what happened to the enemy when they tried to chase him in? Yeah, it's just a little song called Wipe Out. <laughs> Took him out. Who did that? All Moses did was, God said, will you stop crying to me and lift up the staff, please? Okay. Who did the battle? Our Lord. Same thing with us. He said, don't cry out. I'm fighting. I'm, I was built for this. I came and got you. I bought some green berries to come get you. 
someone crossed the lines, very intimidated, and shared Jesus with us, that's a green beret. Took a chance of being rejected. They remembered the why, and they shared Christ with us. See? He's a man of war. Second thing, he is mighty in battle. The Lord is mighty in battle. When you read these things, you want to get this in your mind because it gets you excited. Psalms 24.8. Here we go. Who is the king of glory? I love that question. Who is the king of glory? The Lord is strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. Yeah. See, he starts to build your faith. See, next one is Zechariah. How do I know where Zechariah is? I know you read it every day. How many read Zechariah? It's next to heck now. How many read Zechariah? Oh, y'all honest. No one reads Zechariah. It's a great book. Awesome book. You got to find this stuff. It gets you excited. Then the Lord will go out and fight against those nations as when he fights on a day of battle. He's a warrior. This is a foundations of victory. And one more, two more. The Lord trains us for war. Psalms 144.1. Oh, David, blessed be the Lord, my rock, who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. See the first one, my rock, when I'm standing solid, he gives me training. How does he give me training? Through his word, through revelation. He trains me for war. You're already equipped to win. See, all you got to do is say, Jesus, you ever get in a situation say, Jesus, I need help. Just lift up the staff. He loves to fight for you. When you're on mission, he opens up all the doors. Last one. This is one of my favorite ones I love. The, lo- the battle is whose? The battle is whose? So if I'm going through a hard time, whose battle is it? Who can get me out of trouble? Who cares about me? Who loves me? Who empowers me? Who gives me the faith to overcome? Who calls me an overcomer? All righty. See? Got to get there in your mouth. So, oh, 1 Samuel 17, 47. I got two minutes to finish this. This is one of my favorite. This is David, the young guy calling out Goliath, the big nine-foot-nine dude, little David, talking smack. I love that. And that all this assembly may know that the Lord saves not with a sword and spear. For the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. Prior to that, David told him, I'm going to knock you down, and I'm going to cut your head off. And I, he looked down like, I would, little ant. And all David did, think about this, was pick up a stone and throw it. And God directed it for the perfect shot. See, our God is like a a laser bomb. All you got to do is let it go. And I told the guys used to say, I'm just going to go home and read about it on CNN News because I know it's going to hit the target. All God calls us to do in faith and knowing we're victorious is just step out. And let him guide that thing to victory. Let him take it. All you got to do is throw it. See, if you don't throw it, you're already lost. If you don't even know you're in a battle, you're already lost. But you got to throw it. See, if you don't throw it, there's nothing for him to guide. 
And I want to encourage you, stop taking the beating, come out of the rock, and throw it back. Jesus threw it when he came and messed with him in the garden. He threw it back at him. The devil, y'all, you hung after test, um, testing him for 40 days. He said, um, here's how you throw it back. You ready to write it down? This is a revelation. I need to write this down myself. Devil came at him. Knew he was weak. Said this. Throw yourself down. You want some bread? Jesus threw it back at him. Know what he threw it back at him? It is written. It is written. That's how you throw it back. It is finished and blow. Written. But if you don't know it's written, and you don't know who you are, you'll be finished. So you don't want to go around, can you leave my house, please? No. You need to out in Jesus' name. See? Don't be posting signs up like we do here that um, if you put a sign up, no one will come in here and eat. It's like anybody else. Don't trespass on my property, and you're thinking, that's going to work. No, you got to go to that property and expel them. See? You got to tell them. It is written, I am not this. I am this, and I am this, and I'm going to win. I'm going to touch my campus. I'm going to touch my workplace. Yo, I cannot speak clearly, but I can speak all things through Christ. I can do all things through Christ who strengthen me. Yes, I will. Yes, I can. It is written that I am more than a conqueror. And you might have to scream at yourself. It's okay. I'm from New York. People should do it in the subway all the time. Why don't we stand? And we left them alone. <laughs> because they had something on them. I don't know if it's the Holy Ghost, but I didn't check. I didn't mess with it. And if you, don't, you got the Holy Ghost in you, don't worry about it. Father God, we come.